Hey everyone, uh, I just want to make one thing perfectly clear. This is going to be the last episode of the two-man break podcast. It will switch to the one-man break starting with next Tuesday's episode. Um, it's going to be the same podcast. It's going to be the same format. It's just going to be me talking. It's still going to be the same content, all that good stuff. It's just going to change from the two-man break to the one-man break. Just has to happen. I'm the only one here. It's for branding purposes. This is your last warning, at least on this podcast. This is the last episode that will be labeled the two-man break. Okay, so on Twitter, I'm going to announce over the next couple days that what we're doing. So if you don't want to forget, follow me on Twitter, at Sam Diebler. That's S-A-M-D-E-A-B-L-E-R. No capitalizations, no spaces, no underscores, no anything. Um, so just, you know, if you're worried about missing it, give me a follow. Um, if you're not, just check up on Tuesday and make sure you look up One Man Break. All right? If you're subscribed, it shouldn't be an issue. If you're, like, following the podcast on any platform, it shouldn't be an issue. But just in case, if you don't want to miss it, follow me on Twitter. I'll tweet out the link. No worries. All right, now let's move on to the podcast. And with that being said, hello to everyone out there listening to the world today. I'm Sam Diebler, and this is the last episode of the, T- the Two-Man Break podcast, at least in terms of the name. So today it's going to be real short and sweet. We're going to be talking about the Super Bowl, kind of similar to how I did the previous rounds of the playoffs. Um, it's going to be a shorter episode just because, you know, it's one game. Um, I also gave some pretty brief thoughts earlier in the week on Tuesday on, or last week on Tuesday, like not that last podcast, podcast before that about like a brief preview, but now we know more about the game as we're getting closer to it. Um, obviously the storylines running rampant. You got the established goat versus the up and comer. Um, I don't even know if you can call Mahomes an up and comer anymore. I feel like he's arrived, you know, uh, not even like that's just you could not even like the Chiefs and acknowledge that Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the world right now. Um, he has proven it time and time again on the on the game's biggest stage. He was dominant against Buffalo. Um, he, there's just nothing more you can say about this guy anymore. Uh, he's the best quarterback in the world. Brady is the best quarterback of all time and still a very good quarterback now. Storylines are running rampant, you know, this versus that. But I want to break this game down purely on a matchup basis, not looking at narratives, not looking at storylines, um, how each side of the ball matches up with one another. These teams played each other earlier in the year. I think the, both teams are slightly different than they were then. Um, I think the Buccaneers are a lot better than they were then. Um, I think the Chiefs, I didn't know about the Chiefs until, like, if they were really better than they were then or, or if they had gotten worse, but then I watched the Buffalo game, and I'm like, okay, they're the Chiefs. They can they have the ability to be the Chiefs when they want to be the Chiefs, um, and I think they're not going to... I think they're going to get up for this game, and I think they're going to play up to the, uh, the competition of their opponents, um, and I think they're going to come out and um, try to make a statement. Both teams are. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. What? How can you not make a statement in the Super Bowl? But Basically, what I'm going to do is to try to take all of the narrative, to try to take all of that out of it. I'm going to break down each side of the ball and how it matches up against the other one. And it's probably going to be real short, probably not even going to be a 30-minute podcast. It's just trying to get this information out to you ASAP. I forgot to record this yesterday, so I'm, I'm actually up against it a little bit right now. Um, but I feel like we should be able to be just fine as far as the recording timeline goes. But uh, let's start with the Buccaneers offense. Versus the Chiefs defense. Now look, I have been on the record as saying that the Chiefs defense is underrated and has been for about a year and a half now. Are they perfect? No. Do they have things they don't do well against? Yes. 
Is that concerning to me? Yes. Um, do I think they'll be up for this game? Yes. Do I think they're going to play well this game? I think they'll play well enough. Now, Brady is... I would. I, people are going to create this narrative that Brady's at the height of his powers. He's not. He did not play very well against the Packers last week, and the Packers actually don't have as good of a, as good of a defense as the Chiefs, especially a pass defense. They're not a very good pass defending team, and they were able to pick off Brady three times, and the Chiefs were able to hold Josh Allen to a very mediocre game. Who and Josh Allen's a presumptive All Pro selection, right? So there's levels to this, obviously. So the Chiefs' run defense is not very strong. They weren't tested that much last week. They did play well last week, but they weren't tested that much. Um, played well against Cleveland for what it's worth, and obviously I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be running the ball that much, even if they probably should. I think they're going to try to put the ball in the hands of Tom Brady. I mean, as all of us would, we would try to put the ball in the hands of the GOAT, but... um. You know, I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup. When they played last time, the Buccaneers got off to a really bad start because the Chiefs were playing very physical press man-to-man coverage, and they were getting pressure on Tom. They weren't letting him sit in the pocket and diagnose throws. Tom missed a few. Tom missed a couple. There was a couple drops sprinkled in there. But overall, the Chiefs' pass defense in the first half of the first game they played played very well. Um, and then the second half, uh, a combination of factors happened. Basically, uh, the Chiefs started playing more soft zone, a little bit of a prevent defense, keeping everything underneath, and Brady was able to pick him apart as Tom Brady does. Tom Brady is probably the best quarterback against zone defense in NFL history. There's not a coverage he hasn't seen. So my theory with Tom Brady always has been and always will be play man to man, make him make the tough throws. You know, if you get burned once or twice, you get burned once or twice. But if you can limit those opportunities, you can limit those big plays and make Brady just make the tight window throws, I think you're going to you're going to have a better chance than if you're just letting him sit back in the pocket against zones and just pick it apart because there's no better quarterback ever than manipulating defenses with his eyes, recognizing coverages before the snap. So if he's going to recognize your coverage anyway, you might as well just play straight man to man. And I think the Chiefs will do that. They played that a lot last week against Buffalo. They played what uh, Tony Romo called sticky coverage, where they were just plastering the receivers. I think they'll do that again. And I think Chris Jones will have an opportunity to make his presence known on that defensive front, and he might have a big game. Especially if they don't line him up over Ali Marpet. Because I think in the first game, I went through the film, in the first game he lined up against... Their uh, Tampa Bay's left guard, Ali Marpet, who's a very, very good player, probably a re- one of the best pass-blocking left guards, just guards in general, in the NFL. Uh, and not that, and Jones had some success, as great pass rushers tend to do, but he didn't dominate the game. So I would say, if I'm the Chiefs, I try to put Chris Jones on different places on the offensive line, um, Put him on the edge once or twice, which I saw them do against Buffalo a few times. Put him over the right guard. Put him over the center. Put him over the left tackle. Hell, stand him up and blitz him. Move Chris Jones around. Scheme Chris Jones around so where he can do the most he can do. What's working to the Chiefs' favor now is they don't exactly have a quarterback back there that can make a lot of things happen with his legs. He, Brady's very good at pocket movement, but he's not very good at escaping outside the pocket and throwing on the run. He was one of the least... He was one of the lowest-graded quarterbacks at throwing on the run this year. Obviously, the guy's 43. It happens. So I think this game is going to come down to how well can the Chiefs' defensive backs hold up against the onslaught of the Buccaneers' weapons. They did pretty well in the first game. 
Um, no, none of the receivers really went off except for Rob Gronkowski, ironically. Um, the key to this Chiefs defense is the middle of it. The linebackers are not good in coverage. They never have been. Willie Gay will not play, and he's probably their best like as most athletic linebackers. So you don't really have anyone in the middle of that field to do a lot of policing. The Chiefs run a lot of robber coverage with Tyron Matthew, which let's be real, he's the best middle of the field safety in the NFL probably as far as reading the defense and making plays. Um, sorry, I'm talking a little fast here. I have a lot of notes and I'm having kind of like shooting through them and, you know, I want to get to specific matchups and stuff, but um, the Chiefs cornerback situation is the most underrated cornerback core in the entire NFL. Bashad Breeland, Charvarius Ward, Jarius Sneed, Rashad Fenton, all of them have played. All of them play have played well in the playoffs. Um, so there's not really a weakness here. Jarius Sneed has been a revelation for the Chiefs, especially out of the slot with his ability to blitz and bring pressure, but also cover deep and cover the short routes and just be a good physical presence too, as well as and like tackling the foot and tackling the excuse me and tackling. And the run run defense. So that's been a revelation. It's been a nice surprise for the Chiefs. I think the Buccaneers will be able to move the ball, but I think the Chiefs will get a few stops. They'll force a few punts and they'll force a few field goals. And they'll be able to. The Chiefs defense have always classified as the ultimate bend but don't break defense. And they've broken a few times, but in the games that they haven't, the Chiefs usually win. I anticipate Steve Spagnolo, the Chiefs defensive coordinator, to come up with a really, really good game plan. I anticipate um, Brady to be able to break that game plan late as the game goes on. I think the Chiefs defense starts fast. I think the Chiefs defense will play well early, similar to the first game. Um, like in the first half, they'll play better than in the second half. In fact, let me like let me layer that prediction a little bit. I think the Buccaneers offense will start their first possession well. And then as the game settles in the first into the first half, the Chiefs defense will play better. And then in the second half, Brady will be able to move the ball again. That's how I see this game flow moving a little bit. I see the Buccaneers jumping out because, you know, Brady's experienced. He's not going to be afraid. Obviously, dude's been in 10 of these Super Bowls. Um, he's not going to be afraid. He's going to gun. And they're probably going to go up early. But as long as the Chiefs stem the tide and as long as the Chiefs hang around, I think their defense will make some plays. Having said that, I would still give the uh, edge to the Buccaneers offense. They are extremely good, obviously, and they've had a lot of time to gel and they're a better football team than they were, especially offensively, when the Chiefs played them last. Now, let's move on to uh, the Chiefs offense versus the Buccaneers defense. And the Buccaneers defense uh, was and should have been the story of the NFC Championship game against Aaron Rodgers. They played fantastically, especially the front four. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul and Shaq Barrett absolutely wrecked the Packers game plan. Um, They played tremendously well, and it rightfully inspired some fear from Chiefs Kingdom and the Chiefs fans and all that uh, of their patchwork offensive line. Uh, Losing Eric Fisher to an Achilles uh, tear is is a big loss. No one can deny that. However, um, this is not exactly a situation where the offensive line is void of experience here. These are not a bunch of newbies plugged in. The offensive line is basically going to be 
from left to right, it's going to be Mike Remmers most likely starting at left tackle, which he hasn't done a lot in his career, but the dude can play every position on the offensive line. He's already played left guard and right tackle this year. I'm not that worried about it. Um, you have Nick Allegretti, who's played fantastic down the stretch, and he started for most of the year. Uh, that guy's got a lot of potential, so he's going to be comfortable at his left guard spot. Um, Ryder at center has not a lot of sack since last year's Super Bowl, um, so I, he's fine. Um, Steven Wisniewski, dude's been there, done that, played in the league a long time. He's familiar with the system. He was with the Chiefs in last year's Super Bowl run. And Andrew Wiley is going to kick out to right tackle. That's the weakest link on the line, I think. But he's played right guard the whole year. He played right tackle in one game, and he's played it for parts of others. I'm, and he's had two weeks to prepare. The Chiefs' offensive line, while yes, it's a patchwork, it's not going to be as bad as what people will say it is. They'll be fine. Not to mention Andy Reid will game plan around it. There is a reason that this year the Chiefs have been missing Mitchell Schwartz and Patrick Mahomes is still really hard to sack. The Chiefs offense schemes pressure away probably the best I've ever seen. That's one of the most underrated parts of their offense. Their scheme and the way their plays are called, pressure is very rarely an issue. However, if there's going to be a team that's going to do that, it's this team. But they didn't really do that in the first game, guys. Not really. Especially not in that first quarter, in that first half. So, if we're banking on the Buccaneers, their one chance is if JPP and Shaq Barrett go off. Which, that's how you beat every good quarterback. You get pressure on them. You get them off their spots. So, it's one thing to try to sack Aaron Rodgers, who's 35-plus years old, lost a step probably, still athletic enough to move, but not like what he used to be, and Patrick Mahomes, who even on a bum toe against the Buffalo Bills, they couldn't get him on the ground. He's shifty. He's elusive. He's going to make plays. They're going to scheme around it. The one thing the Chiefs will not be able to do is run the ball. I hope they try to do it just to keep the defense a little bit honest, but this might turn into Mahomes throwing 55 times. The Buccaneers is just such a good run defense. It's one of the best run defenses I've seen since probably the 2015 Broncos, especially with Vita Vea coming back and probably going to be the healthiest he's been since early in the year. I don't think this is really going to be an issue for the Buccaneers run defense. I think the most runs the Chiefs are going to get probably on sweeps, um, with Tyree Kill, maybe a couple options. Um, but as far as just straight up inside zone and power concepts and stuff like that, I don't see it happening that much. They can't run outside because Devin White and Levante David are too fast. They can't run inside because Vita Vea and Nadam Kinsu are too dominant. The Chiefs are going to throw the ball. That's where they have the advantage, though. And that's the most lopsided matchup of this whole game is the Buccaneers secondary versus the Chiefs. Uh, receivers and tight ends and running backs for that matter um, so in the first game it was pretty apparent that the Buccaneers were really trying to take away Travis Kelsey they were playing a lot of single high especially in the first quarter um, and double teaming Travis Kelsey that makes sense you know they, they had confidence in their guys to take away Tyree Kill and then Tyree Kill had 200 yards in the first quarter and so the Buccaneers defense switched back to two double uh, double high safeties, and then Travis Kelsey started to have a really good game. Um, 
That game, by the way, earlier was a close game on the scoreboard. It really shouldn't have been. The Chiefs were up 27 to 10, and then Nicole Hardman dropped a touchdown, which literally would have been an 80-yard touchdown. He was wide open, and it's McCole Hardman, so no one's going to touch him. So that it would have put the game away. It would have been 34-10. Game would have been over. So he dropped that. The Chiefs also had three holding penalties on one drive. Um, two of them were suspect. I went back and watched the whole film, guys. Watched the game. Um, they had a bunch of stuff that went a little bit to the Bucks' favor. Which, look, it's football. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying a bunch of stuff happened to make that game that close. And the Chiefs are also going to come off of two weeks um, where Reed can just game plan, game plan for one opponent. Andy Reed's going to break out all the stops. There's nothing going to be held back in this game. He's going to throw out all the trick plays. He's going to throw out all the gutsy calls. He's going to throw out all the concepts that they don't use a lot. The Chiefs haven't used their main go-to play since, I want to say, the last Super Bowl, which was they flood one side of the field. They put three receivers on one side and Travis Kelsey on the other. So Travis Kelsey either gets a one-on-one or Andy Reid can cause a concept on one side of the field to flood the, uh, one side with crossing routes. Deep crossing routes. They call them over routes. With Tyree Kill, McCole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, um, Byron Pringle, like guys like that. Demarcus Robinson, who may or may not play with COVID concerns. All signs point to that he'll be fine. That was a weird situation in the barbershop. That could have been a whole different podcast. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look up Chiefs almost barbershop mishap. That was almost a disaster. I'm sure most of you know about it. But they haven't unlocked a lot of their good concepts. The Chiefs offense, especially through the regular season, looked very vanilla to me. They were getting by on just, they were very talented. They didn't really break out a lot of stuff except for a few key matchups. In the Baltimore Ravens game, they broke out a lot of their good stuff, a lot of their creativity and stuff like that, not to mention a lot of their deep throws. And in the Buccaneers game in the first quarter, I thought there was a lot of creativity and deep throws and stuff like that. So it remains to be seen. I have a lot of respect for Todd Bowles the defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers. I have a lot of respect for their defense, their front seven especially, but this defense is not the same defense as the Chiefs faced last year in the San Francisco 49ers. That front was way better than this front that they're about to play. People forget that. But this offense the Chiefs are playing and Tom Brady is way better than the offense they played last year. So I can, I'll see this game being very close. I see this game coming down to the last few possessions, but I see this game... I personally, without any biases, don't think the Chiefs will lose this game. I think the Chiefs will win. They'll be back-to-back Super Bowl champions. That's not taking anything away from Tom Brady or anything like that. I just think the Chiefs are the more talented, they're the better coached, and they're just the better team. And overall, they have more experience than the Buccaneers do. The Buccaneers have Tom Brady, who's been to a lot of Super Bowls, but everyone else on the roster really hasn't been, except for Gronk. Gronk and Tom, that's pretty much it. So, having said that, who's going to step up? Because, yeah, Brady can throw the ball, but is Brady going to get the protection? Um, is Bra- are there going to be the case of the drops for the Buccaneers in the big game? Is there going to be some miscommunication? Is there just going to be the typical stuff of where you're nervous and so you don't play as well? Maybe. That's a variable. We don't know. This is also not going to be a normal Super Bowl. There's not going to be as many fans. Um... I just think the Chiefs have more advantages than disadvantages, and the one major disadvantage they do have 
might cause a few issues the offensive line, but overall I think they'll be okay. And I think Mahomes will make enough plays for them to win. And I think the Chiefs go back to back. Um so overall I would say my I would say advantage Chiefs offense over Buccaneers defense, advantage Buccaneers offense over Chiefs defense. I just think the advantage for the Chiefs offense is greater than that of the Buccaneers offense. So I would say the fi- my final score prediction, I think it's going to be, I think this game will be 31 to 24 Chiefs beat the Bucks. Mahomes, two-time Super Bowl champion, Chiefs back-to-back. We talk of a three-peat. We talk of a dynasty in the next podcast. That would be my prediction. Um, I totally can see it go the other way. I totally can see that Brady has the magic still. The Chiefs can't handle the Buccaneers' pressure. And maybe the score is flipped. In fact, as a Chiefs fan, as like just like an unobjective fan, I'm really worried. Because it's Tom Brady. Regardless of how old he is, regardless of how good he is, I mean, excuse me, regardless of how old he is, regardless of how long he's played, regardless of how he played in the last game, it's still Tom Brady. Okay? It's, this, it's still Brady. And he's got weapons. So, nothing's assured with Brady back there. But, the one thing I can say to any Chiefs fans that are listening to this, they have Brady. But the Chiefs got 15. And I never in my lifetime thought I'd ever say anything like that. That there is actually a legitimate foil to Brady. Potentially. And that and that's comforting. So with that being said, it's gonna be a really good Super Bowl. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, we're going to probably call it here. It's the shortest podcast we've done, but it's only one game. I will go back to only one episode a week after this, but look to the two episodes a week. Uh, come back at some point in the next month or two. Um, we do have something uh, this week. We're gonna. It's going to be a new podcast on the Excalibur feed. Um, so basically right now, it's probably going to release sometime around Valentine's Day. It's going to be me and my girlfriend Lexi, we're going to start a podcast. Um, uh, I don't know if I should reveal the name of it right now, but it's going to be me and my girlfriend. More details to follow. You will probably get more details on Tuesday. So I'm really excited. Uh, so look out for that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, my name is Sam Diebler. Uh, this is the last episode of it being called the two man break. So I will see you guys on Tuesday with a new podcast name and, uh, a fresher start, hopefully. And as a chiefs fan, I really hope that this me that on Tuesday, we will be celebrating a chiefs victory in super bowl 54, 55. Ah, who really cares? And chiefs winning a super bowl. Thanks guys so much for listening. Follow me on Twitter at Sam Diebler. Uh, for all of us here at Excalibur Studios and the Two Man Break podcast, thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned.